0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and- Lawson. Lawson,
1: how was Easter break? Oh, it was so good, love. Like, it was, it was full of uh, friendship. Yes. And sleeping. Yes. And eating. Yes. And walking. Yes, and my favourite team. Yeah, of course, I was getting there. I was getting there. Uh, well, was, that was going to be the climax. I was gonna, wasn't yeah, it, it was going to be and, and then I was going to say and my basketball team winning their first playoff game, and worshiping God because. Hashtag, he is risen. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. of course. Amen. It was it was so good. I had an amazing time. That's fantastic. Just spending time with people and going on nature adventures, but also, yeah, spending time remembering Jesus. It was amazing.
0: Shell yeah. and I had some really incredible nature adventures as well.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Epic walk on the beach. Well, there's no, no beach left. It's all been washed away. But <laughs> epic walk on the sand dunes behind where there used to be a beach. Where there
1: used to be beach. Yeah, yes. true. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, epic walk in the rainforest. Epic walk in the forest above the rainforest. Mm. Epic views to look at. Mm. Just amazing.
1: Dude, I went to this place called Mount Tomaree, which is up in Nelson Bay, if you know this area. And you get to the top and you can look out across all the bays and then back to Newcastle. It was just, oh, it was the perfect way to spend Easter Sunday. So, Shell
0: and I were up at Big Camp. Uh And that's at Stewart's Point, which is one of the most beautiful parts of New South Wales. Mm. And, of course, beaches, mountains, the whole thing, it was all happening.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM.
0: Positively different. We're glad to be back on air after a bit of a break over Easter. And we hope that the Breakover Easter has sharpened your brain so that you can answer all of the quiz questions yes. this morning. Let's see who can take a clean sweep on all five of them. What's the 100-point question there, lost.
1: All right, for 100 points, what woman was Jacob tricked into marrying by his devious uncle Laban? 0491 is the number to call if you know the answer. For 100 points, you can win yourself a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker, or you can get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. If you answer every single question correct, you can win every single prize but again for 100 points what woman was jacob tricked into marrying by his devious uncle laban
0: Alright, if you know the answer, give us a call right now, but we're going to talk about some positively different
1: news, so let's have it. Some positively different news. I have two pieces of, like, science news this morning. I love Uh, science Cool things happening in science, particularly in the area of biology, Um, and one is to do with the human body, the other is to do with biological waste. I think we're going to start with the biological waste one uh, first, because I think it's really, really interesting, essentially. um, India. Yes It is one of the single most air polluted countries in the world Yes And the reason of this uh, be- Well, before I get into the reasons 26 of the 30 most polluted countries in the world Are all in India
0: But India's just one country
1: Yeah, yeah, but Sorry, not countries cities cities 26 yes. okay. of cities. the th- okay man it's it's tuesday morning here we've, been, <laughs> we've had a couple of days off radio <laughs> i just get yeah, so 26 of the most polluted cities in the world out of the top 30 are in india the most polluted being new delhi itself like this the, and the reason it's so polluted is because they burn um so much well agricultural waste so right. so like they'll have a harvest whatever it may be they'll be growing food and then they'll just burn everything else you know instead of um yeah doing away with the tears back into the soil yeah that's right they just they just burn it and that kind of leads to at the moment there's 5.7 million acres of rice paddy that's just perpetually on fire that's
0: a big yeah. chunk of ground
1: that is a massive chunk of ground it's called like stubble burning it's just like the ground is just hot and burning the whole time now um obviously they need a solution for this because you go to new delhi or any of these areas in india and and the problem like let's take a step back from like maybe the the kind of climate change implications or whatever it may be just to the health implications of just sucking in all that ash and smoke is terrible. And, and we see that, like, you know, the people there have shorter lifespans and whatever it may be, be- because they're just it in smoke 24-7. It's terrible. Uh, but a company has come up with a solution for that. Uh, they have made this spray uh, that has bacteria and fungi in it, and it's, like, completely, you know, I guess harmless. It's not, like, chemical-based. It's, you know, bacteria-based. And you spray it, and it, like, just rapidly degrades agricultural material. Yeah, wow. So, like, you know, because, like, in the past- Yeah. We've had, like- You you know, you've got your classic, like, weeders and everything like that.
0: For sure. How how rapidly does this happen?
1: Um, So, it, it just, like, basically, you have your piece of agricultural waste- you spray this thing all over it and like wherever it's stored it will just begin to break down until it's nothing um, I didn't see necessarily a speed here um, but it does say there is like a you know it's it's actually 20 20 to 25 to 30 percent faster than just burning the stuff
0: wow I thought you were gonna say 20 20 to 30 percent faster than letting it rot or turn back into soil but you're saying faster than burning it
1: yeah a burning's pretty. Burning's quick. pretty fast. That's pretty quick. A burning's pretty fast. But yeah, they have the ability to just chuck all this, all this stuff on, and it, and it breaks down, and then it's like, oh, but what about, you know, does it kill everything? And that's the thing. It's, it's just made up of. Bacteria and fungi, and it it like it's been programmed to attack this specific type. Well, not specific type, but agricultural waste in general. And so, you know, say you have like a pit or an area that you chuck agricultural waste in, you dump a bunch of this stuff in, it goes, and then it's gone.
0: That is pretty sensational, right there. (laughs) So, I my mind is just boggling. I'm just thinking of a whole slew of different uses for this. I oh, mean, can percent you, you, Can you use this to uh, you know, get rid of a dead body
1: or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of things you can use to get, to, to get rid of a dead body. Uh, the ocean, and explosive, you know, whatever it may be. But um, um, Yeah, no, this is fantastic. And also, it does two things. Firstly, it stops the air pollution. Secondly, it um, reduces and minimizes the amount of land that you need to, like, just burn all the stuff. Um, And thirdly, it's far more controllable.
0: One would think that if it's taking all of this uh, material and breaking it all down, Mm -hmm. that it would be uh, turning it back into soil as well. So, possibly yeah. fertilizing at the same Essentially,
1: time. Essentially, yeah. I think the, the end, the end game, the end process is that, you know, this is turning it back into, you know, fertilizing soil and then giving you the ability to disperse this and grow more stuff. So it's, yeah, fantastic initiative right here taking place in India. Okay. I have another one. I have another cool story, um, that is about cells. And ate the aging of cells. And essentially, researchers in the UK have claimed to have the ability um, to time jump or rewind um, skin cells uh, back by about 30 years. So... Okay, already existing skin okay. cells. They're like, yeah, we There'd can be a market for this. We're gonna rewind it back thirty years. Now, how they do this is is using like their understanding of stem cells. So basically, like how stem cells work, like or how they extract stem cells, stem cells, how they create stem cells, is that you have a host or a body with cells in it you extract those living cells and then there's a process that takes place over a number of weeks where they break the cells down they like they strip them back into a stem cell which has the ability to turn into any other kind of cell where it's kind of where it's implanted or where it's you know where it's put in an environment to grow now the problem with this in terms of like if you can just strip Cells back to you know from a from a fully developed cell that's aging and whatnot into a stem cell, uh, it, which is like a brand new cell that can be put anywhere. It the the problem is the reason why this already isn't just the solution to aging is because when you create stem stel- stem cells, you lose all of its specialized characters and functions. Right, so sure. it's it ceases to be a skin cell. Yes. Like say if you yeah if you take cells from the skin and you break it down to a stem cell, now has the ability to be put anywhere but it's not a skin cell anymore. Whereas what they've found is they have the ability to remove the marks of aging from these cells while simultaneously maintaining a cell's special functionality of being a stem cell. Oh, sorry, of being like a skin cell. A skin cell. A skin cell. So so, so it just like it stays on your body, it stays a skin cell, but it's no longer... um, yeah, it, it's it. They've removed those marks and those signs of aging. Now the process, you know, the, the the level that they're at at the moment in this process is not like whacking a cream on and you know looking thirty years younger. Um, currently it's in a lab that they've gone. Oh man, we can actually, you know, in a, in a petri dish yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it'll be a be. long
0: time before this yeah. actually becomes any kind of treatment if it ever does. Yeah, that's right. But you know, science and the direction that science is heading these days, and you know, man's quest for engineered immortality <laughs> you know where this is going to go this is going to be you know they can crack this one and make your skin 30 years younger they have that they're sitting on a yeah
1: they they've taken a significant step here now the the problem is is do your organs become 30 years younger no, from doing this as well so. does your brain become 30 what? years this
0: is a this is this, you, you're this opening is the door you know where this research is heading don't you mm-hmm. It's heading in that direction. That's right. That's what they're starting to think about. That's right. That's you know what's right. going through their minds.
1: And hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to look 30 years younger. I'd be minus seven. That'd be crazy. <laughs> 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 Finally, um, I just wanted to mention. So, um, last month... I, you know, got on uh, got on my hobby horse again and talked about, you know, how I didn't like crypto and in the specific setting. this month
0: you bought crypto. Uh,
1: no, no, I didn't buy crypto. No, in the specific setting that uh, $600 million uh, in crypto had been stolen from a platform. It's like an online gaming and gambling platform that you, you, you know, you invest in and you gamble or whatever it may be. And then you get a return from um, $600 million was stolen from that the US has done a an Inquiry now They've looked into This the company Was bailed out By the way Which is wild Because they're Trading in crypto Yet they were bailed out Um, But they were bailed out Not by a government But by another private company That uh, that absorbed them Um, But they found out That the hack Was North Korean based And orchestrated By a group Called the Lazarus Group Who are paid By the government To steal crypto For the government (laughs) 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 So so it's like North Korea They're struggling With their GDP At the moment Hey we'll just we would just steal crypto from gaming platforms. Interesting stuff. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: Better get into more serious news before we do another clue for our
1: quiz. Alright, 200 points. What swarming insects stripped Egypt of every green plant in the eighth plague called down by moses zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call this morning for 200 points you can win yourself an issue of science magazine or you can get those points on the board continue to work your way through the quiz but again for 200 points that question was what swarming insects stripped egypt of every green plant in the eighth plague called down by moses
0: Fantastic stuff and of course uh, Rafael has taken true to say that he's quite happy to wait until the second coming to look 30 years younger. <laughs> That's <laughs> See, awesome. that will be that will not just be your skin that will be every single part of your being mm-hmm. that will be well I'm not sure how much younger we will all be but we will your be skin, at
1: perfection your organs your character everything will be perfect. Yes. Mm.
0: Okay, so let's uh, head overseas and find out what is happening around the world. Florida has just, and this is uh, news that came through on Thursday, of course we didn't have time to, we didn't have opportunity to, to report on it mm-hmm. over the Easter break, so we're going to talk about it now, but Florida has just banned abortions after 15 weeks. Oh, wow. So this was signed into law last Thursday. Uh, a couple of exceptions there, if the mother's life is at risk or if the baby has a fatal abnormality, in other words, an abnormality that the baby cannot survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've pointed out that, you know, babies at this age, they have beating hearts, they feel pain, they taste, they see. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all things that they're experiencing at 15 weeks. And this piece of legislation is expected to save around about 3,500 lives a year mm. in the state of Florida. So that's fantastic news. Uh, they did note that the United States and Australia and some similar countries have when it comes to abortion laws have more in common with china and north korea than many other parts of the world today in that federally we allow abortion to birth mm-hmm. and that is not so common in our world but yeah places like north korea places like china that's kind of you know what we would expect from places like that and so they do allow that and of course that's you know that's a form of infanticide it's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that uh, now, just looking at how this compares around the United States, and there's been an, quite a number of these laws that have been passed recently. Uh, Mississippi has a similar law, 15-week uh, ban. Of course, they're heading to the Supreme Court. They passed their law first, and so they will go to the Supreme Court first to find out whether this is going to be something that you know can withstand mm-hmm. the legal system. Uh, Texas, of course, they have their six-week law. So their law basically comes into effect the moment the baby can feel pain or you can detect a heartbeat. Yeah. Then you've got Oklahoma, which has nearly a total ban on abortions, and Kentucky, Mm -hmm. which also has a 15-week ban. So we've got three states now with 15-week bans. One with a six week ban and one with a near total ban.
1: So uh I heard about this new I've also like you know, it, it after the Oklahoma announcement last week, um and the the I guess the, the news there, people from all over were were reflecting on abortion laws in other states and and you had kind of polarizing sides on social media platforms, whether it's like Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And like, as we did on the show last week, where I started to, you know, kind of fact check some of the claims that people make, you know, to, to justify why abortion should be allowed. For example, that like, Rapists have like a lower sentence than like, you know, people who provide abortions or whatever. Oh, uh, all of the, all of the spin and twist. That's right. The twisting, like the, comparing minimums and maximums. I feel like it, my angle in this whole, like, uh, what's taking place across the United States with these bans on abortions have been, uh, because every single time it happens in a new state, the same argument comes out of like, oh, but if a 13 year old gets raped. By the way, I'm not saying there's like, like rape is one of the most it's terrible, horrific. Or, awful, horrific things. And I'm, I'm I'm sure that injustice does happen, where like people get away with it beyond imagine, and it's like horrific and awful and terrible. But legis- Not solved with murder, but that's right. But legislatively, all of these states that where they're like tough on. Practitioners providing abortions are infinitely more tough on rapists, yes. and so it's not a justifiable yes. reason to allow no. abortion. These, these states are the toughest states on these kinds of. That's issues. right, um, because they'll give. Like I was looking at Alabama recently. Like we looked at Oklahoma. They're like, "Oh, yep, a life sentence or the death penalty." Alabama's like up to ninety nine years in jail, like with a minimum <laughs> sentence of like twenty years. Like, yeah, Imagine
0: getting a ninety nine year sentence and surviving it and being released. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um
0: i, I, guess I don't possible. think you'll
1: have the capacity after 99 years to you appreciate know, being released yeah that's right or commit more crimes hopefully people
0: do make it to 120 sometimes so yeah
1: you know. yeah but usually they're like moral you know people who are um living a good lifestyle. that's right that's right they're usually vegan so yes
0: yeah. <laughs> all right let's talk about this story coming out of winnipeg in canada where the Churchill Park United Church yeah. is now hosting euthanasia ceremonies. Huh? Yes, so you can go to church and have assisted suicide at church. Shut up. Really? This is, this is because, you know, obviously miracles are impossible and our life is not in God's hands and "thou shalt not kill does not exist.
1: So... They're calling it a crossing over ceremony. No, bro. This is like ritual sacrifice. That is scary.
0: (sighs) Okay, so euthanasia has been uh, legal in Canada since 2016. About Mm -hmm. 1,000 people so far have used it. It's legal in uh, 11 US states. What's interesting is uh, in Connecticut this week, uh, euthanasia was knocked back for the 10th time. Good. Good. Now, what, what staggers me about this is that when you get a piece of legislation you want to get passed through and it gets knocked back, people will continually be bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back over and over and over and over again until eventually they can get it through. But mm. what was interesting is the Democrats actually sided with the Republicans to, to vote against it mm-hmm. in Connecticut because, you know, I think we're starting to see a lot more of the effects of uh, voluntary euthanasia and it's going to take time. But as people see, you know, that this is a form of eugenics or whatever you want to call it then um and, and how it is actually terrible for people, we're going to see more and more of a swing against it
1: but now it's churches participating well, churches
0: participating and what you find is that every jurisdiction that has brought in you know voluntary uh euthanasia, they have moved over time, give them twenty years or so but the the, the early ones earliest ones that have come into it have are now uh offering it for non life threatening diseases uh they're offering it for handicapped people. They are offering it for people with mental illnesses, you know.
1: Like if we're we're offering it to people with mental illnesses, like how can they even consent if they have a mental illness?
0: They have depression and so it's like, well, they can have it.
1: Oh, This is terrible. It is.
0: It is. You know, we talk about, oh, there's no such thing as a slippery slope and we pass this legislation with the strictest guidelines ever but it doesn't take long for those to be watered down.
1: But it just shows me, like, okay, now churches are participating. in This this highlights to me, like, firstly, like, <laughs> um, A I total, I, d- total depra- d- d- corruption and depravity of Christianity. That's right. Uh, and secondarily, like, you know, I think the 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 moral implications of bad doctrine as well to justify it. Yes, it's like like if you believe exactly. that at the time of death, that soul goes
0: in straight to heaven, got,
1: soul goes straight to heaven, which isn't biblical. That's right. Um, if you believe that, then why not? Exactly. Why, why not? Like, why not just, just, just get it done? And, and in fact, like, I've, Sat in 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 churches before, uh, where I kind of heard someone discuss this, and it's like, oh, you know, if we know that we die and go to heaven, why don't we just take everyone out the back and just lay waste to them right now? Like this is literally, and the person was saying that to highlight the absurdity of it, but this is like cult activity, right? When you talk That's about right. like Heaven's why Gate, cults have actually done that, yeah, Heaven's Gate and stuff, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll all just like have a mass suicide to to go to heaven straight away. But yes. now it's being, and, and that was seen as a terrible tragedy. But now it's being seen, as it's, it's, it's legislated for it. It's something that is legal.
0: Okay, so Shandell Riley was pulled over by the police for a traffic stop. She was found to have marijuana in her, pa- in her car and the sheriff's deputy offered her to either be arrested or get baptised in exchange for just a citation. So they took her, she chose baptism, uh, took her to her ex-mother-in-law's where she got a towel, they took her into the lake Baptised her by immersion, where one of the other deputies filmed it, and she then sued because uh, for battery, assault, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and the deputy who conducted the baptism was up on forty-four counts of criminal misconduct. Obviously, no longer a deputy, uh, it stated that no government interest govern, government interest is served by the baptism of a detainee by an on-duty law enforcement um, officer I agree. Yes. <laughs> and it was about to go to court in 2 weeks time but she passed away and so it'll probably be her children who will be taking it to court now. So pretty wild stuff. That is insane. When you believe in one saved always saved. Yeah. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe
1: podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have an interview coming up really soon. That was recorded up in Stewart's Point with Gary Kent. But before we get into it, we'll have another clue for the quiz. So for 300 points, what disaster befell the Apostle Paul as he was traveling to Rome to stand trial before Caesar? 0491 064 669 is the number to call. 300 points. You can win yourself a pocket sermon or get those points on the board. Again, that question was, what disaster befell the Apostle Paul as he was traveling to Rome to stand trial before Caesar? And joining me in the studio this morning is Gary Kent from The Incredible Journey. Gary,
0: welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Lyle. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you today.
0: Now, the incredible journey is obviously you guys are involved in TV ministry, but you're a veteran TV presenter. How many years have you been presenting on TV for now?
2: Oh, it's a few years, probably, I don't know, 10 to 15, somewhere in there. I'm thinking it's it's
0: getting closer to 15, Gary. probably. So for our listeners, you might not know this, but uh, Gary and I actually worked in ministry. Gary was doing a church plant. Back in 2005. Long time ago. Yeah, I started with Gary back then and... There's been a lot of water that's gone under the bridge since then, Gary. A lot's happened, but wasn't that weren't those good years? Like? They were fantastic years. Fountain in the City, that church is still still there, still going strong, doing its thing right in the centre of Sydney CBD. That's right, right downtown Sydney. If ever there was a
2: place that needs the gospel, that's it.
0: That's Absolutely. And if, it was back in those times that you began to dream big about doing something on TV and started back then. I think there was a couple of different channels that you got started with, with it's the TV set, show. I
2: think there was seven, nine, we did something on ten all of those channels at one time or another we were involved with television programs
0: and for a long time they had the the highest rating religious broadcast in the country now of course terrestrial television or the old traditional television is still there, still going strong, but not like it used to.
2: Correct. Things have changed. Media is, is such a changeable medium, and it's changing every day almost. Uh, so, yes, lots has, lots has happened since we began. Lots has changed since we began.
0: It's one of the things I love about radio, Gary, is that while other people have cars and while ever workshops exist, <laughs> we will still be here. Yeah, yeah, radio is still a champ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've been running The Incredible Journey TV show. How long has this been operating for now? Oh, going on for four years now, <laughs> The Incredible Journey. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. And tell us about the Incredible Journey. What is it? Where can we watch it? What kind of things are you covering?
2: Well, primarily it's a television ministry. So we produce a weekly half hour television program that is shown Sunday mornings, eight thirty on nine gem. However, we've realized that as we've just discussed that media is changing. And so we are now moving into social media, different social media platforms, in addition to the television. So media, you know, Lyle, is probably, well, should I say not probably, but definitely the most effective way to reach the masses. Oh, no
0: question about that.
2: And so this is where we've got to be. We've got the best news in the world to share, and uh, we've got to share it to the most people possible. (laughs) in the easiest way possible and, and the, that's, and that's in the media. Shortest,
0: and in the shortest space that, of time that's and that's it. that's why both you and I are in media just in Correct. different formats yes, yes. Now, with the TV, you you mentioned you're on 9 Gem um, on a Sunday morning, and and that's a good time slot because that is the time slot when you know people are looking for religious programming and when you'll typically find it on TV. What kind of an audience do you have? I mean, do you you have an idea of how many people are watching the show?
2: Well, it varies. It fluctuates. During COVID, the numbers shot up. I guess people were locked in at home and looking for, for something to watch or listen to. So, look, it varies. Uh, It varies from 20,000 to 50,000. It just it it changes. Yeah, but you start to talk about
0: those kind of figures and you're not going to get those in your average church on a Saturday or a Sunday morning.
2: And that's exactly what we're trying to do, Lyle, is to reach an audience that would not typically attend church. And so our style of program is to take a story, tell a story, a theme, uh, some historical event, and into that story, weave the good news of Jesus.
0: So, that's, that's a, a, I love that approach because so often, you know, you, you flick on your uh, your Sunday morning TV shows and it's just somebody's, you know, church service in America somewhere asking for money or whatever, and it gets a little bit nauseating. But you're actually producing shows that are attention grabbing where you share a story, you go on site? Correct.
2: So, we try to use a documentary style approach. We try to film on location. And as I say, we believe everybody loves a story. Yes. And so where possible, we tell a story. We know that an age-old, it's got an age-old tradition as far as storytelling and the gospel, that that connection. It started with Jesus probably before. Jesus told parables. He told stories. And we know that people love stories. It holds their attention And it's because we are interested in the experiences of other people. Yes. We think that this is a a successful way.
0: Well, it clearly is when you talk about the numbers of people that are watching the show. That would have to be Australia's biggest church right there.
2: It's a big group of people, Lyle, and that's what we want to do. We want to share the gospel
0: far and wide. Absolutely. Tell me, can you give us maybe some examples of some of the stories that you've been sharing recently just so we can get a bit of an understanding of, okay, what can we expect when we tune in to The Incredible Journey?
2: Well, let me give you the last month. Okay, that'd that'd be great. With... with COVID restrictions diminishing, we're able to travel again and so we made our way last month down to Tasmania. Oh the promised land. Yeah, That's where yeah, I good, come from. Good so place, Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> look at yes. it it's just so beautiful. The weather was ideal. And we filmed 10 programs based around the early European history of Tasmania. Now, as you know, as a Tasmanian, that involved convict years. It did. And so we told the stories of convicts. Wonderful stories, amazing stories, unbelievable stories. And through their stories, their experience, we produced a series, I guess it was in a way appropriate, on sin, how sin began, how it affects all of us, how, how we're it all enslaves us. And, yeah, exactly, all of that. So it was wonderful. We travelled Tasmania from south to north, east to west. So we spent time at Port Arthur. We then travelled over to the west coast to Strawn. We visited Sarah Island. S-
0: yes, Sarah Probably
2: the most harsh, brutal Prison or penal colony in the entire British Empire,
0: if not the world.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, anybody so. who's anybody who spent time, significant amount of time on the west coast of Tasmania, you know, where three quarters of the year it's raining and cold and miserable, it's a pretty wild, uh, wild part of the country. Is, it is, yeah, but a beautiful
2: part. Oh, spectacular! It's just uh, sensational. We had a wonderful time there. What we discovered, which was interesting, was that tourism. Usually is attracted to Port Arthur. Yes. But we found that there are, there were penal stations right across Tasmania. And uh, some of them were fascinating places and they all were associated with amazing stories, amazing people.
0: And people with incredible endurance. For Europeans, this was just raw country. They were learning from scratch how to exactly. live in this kind of country. The local inhabitants, the Aboriginals, they're just like, well, this is this is home, This there's nothing special about this. But for Europeans, this was like stepping into a foreign planet.
2: Absolutely, and what you've got to remember is that these people, most of them were petty criminals. They'd stolen a lace handkerchief or a loaf of bread to feed their family.
0: Yes, my great-grandfather was sent there for stealing a purse that only had a few coins in it, but... Yeah, that got it copped in 14 years in Tasmania.
2: Isn't that amazing? I mean, imagine being picked up, removed from your family, from your network, and dumped on the other side of the planet where there was absolutely nothing, no infrastructure, you were just kind of dumped there, and uh, that was it. Nobody cared, and it was up, as you say, it was up to the individual. Yeah, they had to make a go of it. What I love about it is their resilience because most of them really made a go of it, turned their lives around and, yeah, set off in a new direction and made something of their lives. So wonderful stories to be told. They really enjoyed the visit. Uh, then before we left... We did something that I've long wanted to do. We went on a Tasmanian tiger hunt. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> See, you're not a true Tasmanian, Gary. You are not a true Tasmanian unless you believe that the Tasmanian tiger still exists. Yes. Well, did, we, did we, you we, find we, we spoke to lots of
2: people who claim to have seen one. Yes. And I stood, and this was quite a sobering experience, really. We got permission to visit the old Bomaris or Bomaris Zoo. In Hobart, and I stood on the very spot where the last known live Tasmanian tiger passed away. Yeah, wow. And uh, I, as I say, I found it. I found it sobering, sad, and a reminder that as Christians, we believe that we are stewards of the planet. Yes. Now Genesis tells us God placed us here to tend the garden and look after the planet and we named all the animals and the birds. And so when I think of one going extinct, I mean that means gone forever. Yes. It's a tragedy. It is. And
0: Australia is one of the most sparsely populated continent, it's one of the most sparsely populated countries. And yet we have been terrible terrible stewards of this continent. The number of animals that have, you know, and this is a bit of a theme that I have on Faith FM from time to time because it's one of my favourite rants to have about is how, how many of our species have gone extinct it's because of the, you know, the animals that we've introduced and the things that we've done to the ones that are here. There's a lot to be answered for there. There is.
2: But it's never too late for the Tasmanian tiger, maybe. But we're not absolutely sure. This is true. (laughs) This is true. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll stay optimistic there and hope that somewhere, somehow, a group of them have survived and hopefully they're still there. But it's a reminder that we need to be aware of what is going on around us. We need to be careful about how we care for our planet and life on our planet. And we need to all do our bit to care for The great country that God has given us.
0: Yes, absolutely. And of course, you know, just being down there in Tasmania, you've had in, you know, recent years in the last 10, 15 years or so, the devil has become under threat. There's been some amazing efforts to see the Tasmanian devil being restored back into the environment. Yes. And it, it gives us that hope that, yes, we can do amazing yes. things when we set our minds to it. It's a good news storyline. It
2: is. We know that they were facing with these tumours, these face yeah. tumours. They were facing... Possible yeah, extinction. Possible extinction. But it's great to see what's been done, how that's been turned around, and credit to all those involved. I yes. just take my hat off to them and... Uh, Honour them and admire them. So, so well done. Yeah. And of course,
0: all of these things are a reminder that you know they're a sign of the times. They're a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. The Bible says that you know the nearer we get to the return of Christ, that our world will grow old and wear out like a piece of like a like a garment, like a uh, you know a piece of clothing. You can certainly see that.
2: You can and uh, Lyle, there's a there's a sobering. Prediction associated with what you've just mentioned, where we are told in Scripture that when Jesus comes, He will destroy those who've destroyed the planet. So uh, we need to make sure we're not in that group. That we are caring for it, looking after it. That's our responsibility. Yes, it's a God-given responsibility and one that we need to think about carefully and take very seriously. Yes. Let me tell you about the most recent batch of programs we did. Yes, please do. We travelled from way down in Tassie right up to beautiful Sunshine Coast, to a little township called Pomona, just uh, inland from Noosa. And there we set up a studio and we filmed a series of programs with a, now let me make sure I get this right, a nutritional neuroscientist. Okay. So uh, a very brilliant woman who has a degree from Adelaide Medical School, a PhD, and her specialty is studying the relationship between uh, the food we eat and our brain. And wow, that, that was fascinating. That's, uh, fascinating just to hear her explain uh, the food we eat has a big impact on our well being, particularly our mental well being.
0: So, how many episodes uh, were you able to film? Well, so? how many episodes did you film in Tassie? How many episodes did you film with this? Nutritional neuroscientist. That's it. That's a full-on <laughs> title right there.
2: That's a kind of a, a double degree she's yeah. got. Yeah. So uh, yeah, very very interesting lady. Very fascinating topic. So in Tasmania, we filmed eleven programs. Yes. And on the Sunshine Coast, we filmed nine.
0: Okay, so you've so been busy. On.
2: Very busy. Very busy. <laughs> very busy. Well, of course, the ones outdoors in Tasmania. So we visited these, these penal colonies, these prisons, and uh, including the old Hobart Jail, which again was a, an interesting experience because we saw where they kept them in the cells. I mean, just just unbelievable that humans could be placed in a situation like that. Yeah, and, then, and
0: humans could do that to other yeah, humans, yeah,
2: exactly. And then in that jail, they also have the old gallows, so uh, it's a reminder that. Oof, we're all accountable for our behaviour and what we do and we need to think carefully about, as you've said over and over again, how we treat other people.
0: And that's recent history, really. That's you know, it's only ago. 150, Absolutely. 200 years ago. No, it's not, it's ago. not that long ago. Uh,
2: Those programs, filming outdoors, you're not in a controlled environment, so you've got to look at the weather, the weather conditions, the the noise that's around, so it takes longer to film a program. Sure. But the ones on the Sunshine Coast, we're in a controlled environment, in a studio setting, and so those programs we could produce quicker.
0: Yeah, fantastic stuff. Gary, before we finish off, obviously the, uh, the incredible journey, you're funded by donations. How do we support this ministry? How do we get in contact? How do we interact?
2: Look, we're a faith-based ministry, so we don't earn money. We depend on fellow believers who share our passion to share the good news of Jesus through media. That's really what we do. People can contact us. Uh, we have a website, Tij.tv.
0: So T-I-J, uh, The Incredible Journey. Yep. The um, just the initials of The Incredible Journey, journey, journey so, yeah, so it's yeah, easy, TV. T-I-J.
2: So we've got an office in Dora Creek. There's a phone number, so, yeah, people can contact us through our website, through our phone number, through our YouTube channel. We're also on most social media platforms as well, so there are a variety of different ways that... But there's the the telephone number. You yeah, for
0: sure. And I think probably the easiest way for people to get in contact is to simply jump on online, go to yes. t- I- tij.tv. And that's it. You'll find all of the contact details that you yes. want there for email, phone numbers and so forth. Yes. And definitely... Go over there, check it out, check out what these guys are doing. Uh, This is a fantastic ministry, so give it all the support you can.
2: Thanks, Lyle. really appreciate that. We've got some great resources that people might enjoy themselves and also find an opportunity to share them with others.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. That's Gary Kent from The Incredible Journey. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.